Hi there, this is Bunny, and we've been talking a lot lately about local, and when I say local, I mean Santa Fe because that's where I live, but we've talked a lot with local artists and um, people who are do- who were donating different things to the Cancer Foundation for New Mexico Sweetheart Auction. And it's almost like we got off the subject of New Mexico as a whole. And I wanted to take a minute. Um, it's that time of year for me when I start thinking about what I might want to do this summer, trips I might want to take, what's on my bucket list for the remainder of 2024 for New Mexico. And I thought it would be fun to talk about some short trips that you could take if you're in New Mexico resident short trips that you could take from where you are or if you're just flying in and you maybe have a Thursday through Monday visit that we could talk about some really quick weekend trips that you could take and the first one I wanted to suggest is um, maybe a White Sands Las Cruces and maybe even adding a Silver City leg on a trip Um, and, and what would happen if you're going to White Sands, you're also going to see Almogordo. So my suggestions are that you consider um, maybe having a Thursday night in Almogordo, which as we all know, and perhaps you don't know this, but um, Almogordo is in the southern part of the state, about 60 miles north of El Paso, Texas. So if you can if you can picture the bottom part of New Mexico where New Mexico and Texas meet up there in the corner, that's El Paso. And just 60 miles North of El Paso on highway 54 is Almogordo. Almogordo is considered the home to white sands national park. And Almogordo has, um, it, you know, it's Southern, so they've got a great climate. Um, even in the wintertime, you, um, you can find decent weather in Almogordo. They have a, the space museum, they have, um, pistachio fields. They have, um, amazing food. I used to stop in Almogordo when I was on my way from Logan, where I grew up to Las Cruces, where I was going to school in, at New Mexico state. And I'd always grab a green chili cheeseburger. So if you live in Southern New Mexico and you're thinking about going to White Sands, maybe go down, spend Thursday night in Almogordo, and then you can drive out to White Sands the next morning. White Sands for people who don't know, um, it's just, is just what it's called. It's exactly what the name says it is. It is um, over 275 square miles of white sand dunes, the likes of which don't exist anywhere else in the United States. And these dunes are composed of gypsum crystals. And It's just exactly um, what you would think it is. In fact, Google White Sands and you'll see pictures and it is miles and miles and miles of sand dunes and they are open. It's, It's now a national park. That's relatively recent. I think that happened in the last four or five years that White Sands was named as a national park. And White Sands National Park is open from 7 a.m. to 30 minutes after sunset. And If you, maybe if you wanted to make this part of your um, spring break trip with your family, 
um, by that time, sunset is going to be after 7 p.m. So you could conceivably go to White Sands and spend 12 days, I'm sorry, 12 hours at White Sands. And you, you know, there are lots of opportunities to get out the, in the middle of the park. Um, Dune Drive, which is really the central road that goes through the park, is um, eight miles that goes from the park headquarters to the center of the park. Um, sometimes you're driving over sand, sometimes you're on the road, but um, there also are, you, you can rent sleds at the park office so that you can, you know, climb to the top of the dune, sled down. That's really seems to be a favorite activity of a lot of people. And there are also a number of trails. I believe there are five trails that you can take, hiking trails throughout White Sands, one of which, amazingly enough, is um, wheelchair accessible so that regardless of your um, hiking ability or whether you might need wheelchair access, there, there are trails for you at White Sands. White Sands is amazingly gorgeous and fun. And um, one thing that you can also do, um, get online, um, Google the National Park, and we'll provide you with a link as well. Consider going on a full moon night. The park is open when there is a full moon, I believe only until midnight. I don't, I don't know that there used to be camping overnight, but I don't believe that's true anymore. But to be at White Sands on a full moon is, is crazy cool. You can spend the entire day there or go early in the morning, stay until noon or one o'clock, and then get on the road um, and head towards Las Cruces. Las Cruces is a great place to spend the night. Um, it's about 60 miles from White Sands and it's over the Oregon Mountains. Um, the Oregon Mountains are, um, it's a large mountain range in southern New Mexico. And one of the things you can do if you are not quite ready to stop the hiking is watch for the signs to um, Dripping Springs. And you can, um, this will shock you if you're coming from the Las Cruces side and you've never, ever been there before. But there is um, actually on the backside, on the White Sands side of um, the Oregon Mountains, there are some hiking trails that are lush and green and take you to some pools and ponds, um, even a waterfall. So that's just as you're leaving the White Sands Missile Range and before you make the climb over um, the pass and in the, over the Oregon Mountains, you can stop and go to Dripping Springs and spend some time hiking on the backside. I consider it the backside because I used to live in Las Cruces of the Oregon Mountains. When you get into Las Cruces, there are um, great hotels. It's a city that has fun activities. It has the New Mexico Farm and Ranch Heritage Museum, which we talked about in a prior um, podcast, and we're going to provide a link here to that podcast so that you can learn a few things. We're also going to provide a link to a podcast that I did with my friend from many, many years ago, David Telford. Uh, I'm sorry, David is what we call him 
on the podcast. He gives you all sorts of ideas for places to eat and drink and hang out and have a good time. Overnight in Las Cruces is never a bad idea. So spend one night in Alamogordo, go on to Las Cruces. And then my suggestion is that after you've spent an afternoon in Las Cruces and spent the night in a hotel in Las Cruces, that you go west of town out to Old Mesilla, which is the village just west of Las Cruces where the Gadsden Purchase was signed on the plaza. Uh, Mesilla is a, I, 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 it's hard, it's hard to describe Mesilla. I mean, it's a, a small village built around a plaza. Um, we talked about the haunted um, double, double, double Eagle restaurant in Mesilla. So you'll want to go back and listen to that podcast. Um, when I was talking to David, he talked about going to eat at La Posta, which is a restaurant in Mesilla where um, allegedly Billy the Kid ate long, long ago. Um, it's also a place where they, they have ghosts as well. Um, listen to our Halloween edition about Old Messia. And then if you aren't compelled to spend yet another night in the area, you can get in the car and drive to Silver City and spend a night there. It's kind of, it's a fast, hard trip through um, the southwest, south and southwestern part of the state. But I think it's a great way to get sort of a triple dose of New Mexico magic. I love Silver City. It's at the foot of the Gila mountain range. Um, we were there about three years ago, actually during the pandemic. And we stayed at the Murray hotel, which is one of the largest and oldest art deco hotels in, in all of New Mexico. And I would recommend that you spend a night there. Um, you can get a lot of good information on any of these places just by Googling visit Silver City or visit Las Cruces. I'm just giving you ideas. I don't want to load this podcast up with a lot of hard facts because we've already talked to folks in these places and I think you're going to find them fascinating. So that's my idea for trip number one between now and summer, or if you're just looking for a reason to get away Take a weekend in Las Cruces, um, Almogordo first, White Sands, Las Cruces, and Silver City. And I can't wait to tell you my next idea. So the next trip I want to suggest is actually one that I want to take myself. I've driven to these places and I have been to visit them in the daytime, but we keep talking about doing this as a weekend trip. Leave home in Santa Fe on Thursday morning and drive down to El Moro, which is known as Inscription Rock. It's um, on the way to Zuni Pueblo, which is a place I've we've stopped on our way to places in Arizona. And I, I want to go back for a bigger, longer trip. So we've talked about leaving Santa Fe and driving to El Moro, spending time at Inscription Rock. And um, I, just, I want to give you some information, you know, for people who don't know, um, El Moro is um, a place where um, 
for years and years and years and years. And I'm talking back to the, um, um, well, earlier than the 1600s, um, people stopped at this place called Inscription Rock and carved their names into the sandstone cliffs of El Moro. And they left evidence of their passing. There were symbols, there are names and dates, there are fragments of their stories that's carved into the rock. Um, and we're talking ancestral Pueblo people, the Spanish conquistadors, the American settlers. Everyone left their mark on El Moro. And, you know, um, it's it's really a, a place, because there's a pool, explorers and travelers have known about it forever, for centuries. And it was considered a, a, a great water source and a resting place. And everyone who passed by inscribed their names and messages next to petroglyphs that had been left by ancestral Pueblo people. And um, the large, there, there used to be a large Pueblo that was located on the top of El Moro, and it was vacated by the time the Spaniards arrived in the late 1500s. Um, we're not sure, but the inhabitants of that Pueblo may have moved on to nearby Pueblos in Zuni and Acoma. Um, and, and as the West grew and as people traveled by and stopped for water, it became a break along the trail. And it also um, became a destination for sightseers. And so there became this tradition of carving inscriptions on the rock. And um, so in Dece on December 8th, which happens to be my birthday, so don't forget that one. But this was in 1906. El Moro National Monument was, Monument was established by a presidential proclamation because um, they really people really wanted nearby wanted to preserve the historical importance and and start some preservation efforts. So this is an an incredibly cool place to stop and take a look. Um, you know, um, there are carvings I've, I've seen. I'm lo I've looked at pictures. I'm telling you, I haven't been to El Moro and stopped the car and gotten out and taken a look. But um, there are carvings from 1526 from the Spaniards. Um, there are carvings from early Americans. Um, I, you know, there's a photo online of, of one as old as 1860, um, an American an American expedition that was led by Lieutenant Edward F. Beale passed by El Moro in 1857, and they were surveying a wagon road from Fort Smith, Arkansas to California. And, and they also had been instructed to experiment with ca using camels for desert transportation. And so the Beale's wagon road continued to be used for years by the army and settlers headed west, and many of them um, inscribed their name on inscription rock. And, and then, um, in 1868, a Union Pacific survey party was looking for a rail route past El Moro, but eventually they took the train 25 miles to the North. And that is the train track that runs along I-40. So after that, um, most of the um, wagon travel and walking travel traffic through El Moro, the El Moro Valley ceased. So um, that's sort of when the 
ancient, the older inscriptions stop, but still, um, it's, it's an incredible place to visit. And there's camping nearby. Um, there you can, you can go into Zuni. You can also stop at Grants and camp if you don't want to do that. But, um, there's camping nearby in Zuni. There is a campground at, um, at right at El Moro at, at the park. And, um, so there are lots of places to stay. Then you can go into the village of Zuni. Um, if you get there at the right time, you can have a tour through the Pueblo. Um, my best recommendation is that you also stop and buy some native jewelry. I One of my favorite places to shop ever is at um, one of the... I'm, I'm telling you, they call themselves an outlet. Outlet. It is a place in Zuni where you can buy native Zuni um, inlaid and a place in Zuni where you can buy um, both Zuni art and jewelry, which is one of my favorites. And then um, if you spend the night in Zuni, my suggestion is you spend the first night in Grants or camping at El Moro have a tour of Inscription Rock and then go into town in Zuni and then go from there, go north to Gallup and check out the podcast that we had with the Gallup Chamber of Commerce leader um, who talked about how Gallup is not only um, one of the places where you can buy incredible um, Navajo art and jewelry, but also um, it's known as one of the most patriotic cities in the United States. And there is a walk downtown where they've honored local veterans. Um, there are several places where you can, there's a, a, a veteran museum where you can check out um, information on the code talkers who were Navajo um, soldiers who helped save, really helped save the day for the allied forces during world war II. And then on Saturday, you can spend the day at the Gallup flea market. Um, I, I was intrigued by this when we interviewed, um, our guest from the Gallup chamber of commerce, but I was more intrigued when um, a friend of mine came through town and came to the office and she was wearing this beautiful, beautiful coat that looked like a Navajo weaving. And I said, where did you find that? And she said, at the Gallup flea market. It's every Saturday of the year. And it is supposedly the coolest flea market in the States. And it is home to rugs and jewelry and clothing and native art that I'm, I'm just determined to go to Gallup. And while I'm there, I'm going to stay at the El Rancho Motel Hotel, which was a, um, it was a Harvey house built in the forties where you can spend this, the night in the a room where John Wayne slept or Judy Garland or somebody like that. So, um, so that's, that's my second recommendation for a weekend in New Mexico. 
is um, start in Grants, go to El Moro, go to Zuni, and then go north to Gallup and be sure you hit the Gallup flea market. As you can tell, this is a really informal discussion because I've been thinking about all these for a while and um, they're all trips that I want to take. So let me know if you follow the trail that I've suggested and um, let's, let's talk some more about weekends in New Mexico the next time we're out. Um, two nights ago, we had the Cancer Foundation for New Mexico Sweetheart Auction, which has kept us busy for months and months. And yet I wanted to get on the podcast and give you some ideas for traveling in New Mexico. I'd also like to hear from you. If you have a story to tell, if you'd like to be on the podcast, if you have a favorite place you like to visit or a favorite place you like to eat that you'd like for us to talk about on the podcast, please email us at I love New Mexico blog at gmail.com and let's hear your story or let's promote your business. Um, there are no boundaries and no parameters on the podcast, except we want it to be interesting to people who know New Mexico well, or who have never even considered visiting here. Thank you so much for following us and liking us and sharing us. If nothing else, just take a screenshot and send it to some friends. Let's spend some time enjoying and exploring New Mexico. Thanks so much.